Well, God bless you. Welcome to the wonderful Words of Life radio program. In this session, we're going to be talking about the Father's care. And this became real to me because uh, a few days ago, I was going over my financial records and I realized that I had made a huge, huge blunder and spent money that I wasn't supposed to be spending. And so when I was laboring over this, I had gotten, you know, anxious and and really uh, very critical of myself. And I just asked the Lord, you know, what am I going to do? And up from my spirit, from the Holy Spirit, came these three words, take no thought. And so I knew that God had had already known what was going to happen and already made provision for it uh, to get me out of the mess that I was in. And so this message that I'm going to give in this session comes directly from uh, those three words, take no thought. But the title of this session today is The Father's Care. And the only reason why he said to me, take no thought, is because he cares He cares for us. He watches over us. And he's already made provision for us. Jesus himself said the Father already knows what we have need of before we ask him. But yet he tells us that we are to ask him. So, Heavenly Father, we ask for your blessing and we thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit who always leads us and guides us in line with the truth. Lord, we thank you for the word of God that speaks to us and reveals truth to us. And so, Father, I know that you will make this known to us and we give you thanks for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to begin in Matthew chapter 6. We're going to read verses 25 through 34. And we're talking about the Father's care. For this reason, I say to you, do not be anxious for your life as to what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor for your body as to what you shall put on. Is not life more than food and the body than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single cubit to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory did not clothe himself like one of these. But if God so arrays the grass of the field, which is alive, much more today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more do so for you, O men of little faith? Do not be anxious then, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or with what shall shall we clothe ourselves? For all these things the Gentiles eagerly seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen. Now, I want you to notice that in this passage of Scripture, Jesus talks about being anxious. He says, first of all, do not be anxious. And then he says, which of you being anxious can add to your lifespan? And then the third case, he says, why are you anxious? 
And then fourthly, he says, do not be anxious then. And then fifthly, he says, therefore, do not be anxious for tomorrow. So five instances, Jesus says to his followers, take no thought. Amen. Praise God. So actually, Matthew 6, 34, Jesus said, take no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself or take care of its own. But seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So we are to place God's kingdom first before temporal blessings. Amen. We're not seeking for temporal blessings. They will come to us as we seek God's kingdom and place it ahead of everything else. In other words, we could say it this way. God's business comes first. And then all these things will be added. Notice Jesus said, all these things will be added to you. In other words, because of the Father's care, he's going to make sure that we have everything that we need in this life. Amen. And he does believe in prospering his servants. Amen. Now, some have taken prosperity and they've turned it into something extreme. But I'm telling you, God wants his people to be well. He wants them to be prosperous. He wants them to profit. Amen. And how does he do that? Well, he does it because of Jesus, but he does it through the Holy Spirit. Notice what John, in writing to the, to the believers, says this in 1 John chapter 2, verses 20 and 27. Notice what he writes. <clears throat> but you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. In other words, you know all things about the truth of the indwelling of God's presence in the person of the Holy Spirit. That's what he's talking about. And then in verse 27, he says this, but the anointing which you have received of him abides in you. Who abides in you? Well, the entire Godhead, but primarily in the person of the Holy Spirit. And you do not need that any man teach you about these things, about the abiding presence of God, because we have him in us as a witness. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things, all things pertaining to life, this life and the life to come, and is truth, the Holy Spirit's not going to lie, it's impossible for God to lie. Somebody said God can do anything. Well, God cannot lie, and he's not going to. Amen. Uh, this anointing, the, the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit, teaches us of all things and is truth and is no lie. And even as it has taught you, we could say this, and even as he has taught you, you shall abide in him. And so that is a perpetual abiding of God in us, amen, through the person of the Holy Spirit. And John and, and Jesus, uh, John records this, that Jesus said this in John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. And how can anybody possibly say that this only applies to spiritual life? That is absolutely ridiculous. Because God cares about the whole man. Amen. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Son of Man or unto the coming of the Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. So God cares about our spirit. He cares about our soul and he certainly cares about our body. He wants our body well. He wants our soul well. 
Amen. And he wants our spirit to be able to give full expression over what is concerning our soul and what is concerning our body. So this abiding presence of the Holy Spirit, who always brings to mind the things that Jesus taught us, that is in his word. That's why it's so important to read the word of God. Amen. You think you may have read it once or twice or three times. You think you don't need to read again. You need to read it constantly every year. Amen. Should have a reading program over and over and over and over again. That's the only way these things are going to stick. That when I say these things, I'm talking about the things that Jesus taught us and the Holy Spirit wants to make real to us. Amen. So this is how we live. <clears throat> and God, when we seek his kingdom, God then will teach our hands to profit. And God does want us to profit. He wants our life to be a profit. We know that in the parables of the Lord, you know, many of his parables talk about profiting in the end. God wants our life to profit. Praise God. Now, the psalmist said this. This is found over in Psalms chapter 50. And we'll read the first 15 verses. And the mighty God, even the Lord, has spoken and has called the earth from the rising of the sun into the going down thereof. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God has shined. Our God shall come and shall not keep silent. A fire shall devour before him and shall be very tempestuous round about him. He shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather my saints together unto me, says the Lord. Those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Brother and sister, you are in covenant through the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ and through the faith that is in him. Praise God. Amen. Verse six says, and the heavens shall declare his righteousness for God is judge himself. Hear, O my people, and I will speak, O Israel, and I will testify against you. I am God, even thy God. I will not reprove thee for thy sacrifices or thy burnt offerings to have been continually before me. I will take no bullock or oxen out of thy house, nor he goats out of thy folds. Notice this in verse 10. For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world is mine and the fullness thereof. Will I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? And then he says in verse 14 and 15, offer unto God thanksgiving. That's really what God wants. Offer unto God thanksgiving and pay thy vows unto the most high. Amen. So those are the two things that God requires. Number one, we offer unto him thanksgiving for all that he has blessed us with, and we pay our vows. Whatever we have pledged to the Lord to do for him, we do it. Praise God. Amen. Verse 15, and call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. So that's our life. Amen. We're to offer unto God thanksgiving. 
We are to pay our vows that we've made when we trusted in Christ from the very beginning that we would follow him. Amen. We don't get away from that. We don't get off that. We do exactly that. God directs our hearts and what we are to do and how we are to do it. And then we are to call upon him in the day of trouble. See, this prepares us for the day of trouble and the day of trouble will come. It has come. It is coming and it will come. But God has this promise because he cares. And he says, I will deliver you and you through victory now, through overcoming faith, through profiting in every area of your life, and you will glorify me. So there is coming a day, brother and sister, when we're going to stand before the Lord Jesus. Our life is going to have to be a life lived to glorify the Father. Amen. Praise God. And if, if our life proves that in the presence of Jesus, we shall receive reward. Now, something Isaiah said in chapter 48, verse 17, I am the Lord thy God, which teaches you to profit. So the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, amen, that came to us, amen, through the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, he is the one that teaches us to profit, amen. So you and I don't need to look outside of ourselves to try to profit in this life. We look inside of ourselves to the one who knows all about profiting, who knows all about prosperity, who owns the cattle on the thousand hills. He owns the hills. The silver and gold belong to him. The heavens belong to him. Everything belongs to him. Praise God. And he is the one that will teach us to profit. Amen. Now, the word profit there in the Hebrew is all. And it means to gain. It means to profit. It means to benefit. It means to avail. There's things that God will uh, make available to us, amen, through our diligence and through our seeking first the kingdom of God. So basically, this Hebrew word just means this, to gain profit. God wants us to gain in this life. Amen, praise God. Now, Paul, in writing to the Hebrew Christians, says this in chapter 12, verse 10, For our fathers chastened us after their own pleasure. But Christ chastens us after or for our profit. Amen. Hallelujah. Remember Isaiah? It's God that teaches us to profit. Well, Christ in the midst of us, he'll chasten us for what purpose? To do it for our profit. Amen. That we might be partakers of his holiness. Amen. So, if you want, if you and I want real power in our life, then we've got to seek for and inhabit holiness. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, Paul, in writing to Timothy, he said this. He said, bodily exercise profits a little. But profit, but godliness is profitable in all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. So. We see that godliness and holiness and seeking the kingdom of God first, these are essentials. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, we separate ourselves from everything in this world that would be ungodly because that's not profitable to us. Unholy, that is not, that's not profitable to us. Godliness and holiness of life, seeking the kingdom of God first, is what's going to prove, uh, provide a profit 
to our life. Amen. Now, there's three things, or actually we could say it this way. There are three pictures of God's care and of his faithfulness. And this is found in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 18 through 20. We're going to go through these three uh, verses of Scripture here. Verse 18, notice that uh, Paul, writing to the Hebrew Christians, says this, that by two immutable things. Now, the two immutable things that Paul is talking about here are God's oath and his promise. God's oath to Abraham, God's oath to him that he would bring forth a son, and God's oath that through him we would become the seed of Abraham through Christ. Amen. And the promise, the promise that he would produce the son. I, I, I give you my oath that you will have a son and I promise that he will be born to you. And that's exactly what happened. So that by two immutable things, the oath and the promise, which it is impossible for God to lie. We've already seen two places where the scripture says that it is impossible for God to lie. What he said he'll do, he will do. We might, notice this, we might have strong consolation. That word consolation, we could also say encouragement. We have strong encouragement who have fled for refuge. Notice that, who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us. Now, to flee for refuge gives us a picture in the Old Testament of the cities of refuge that God told Moses that once you come into the promised land now, once you set aside cities of refuge for those who commit a crime that needs to be judged, think of it this way. Two men are out in the field, they're harvesting, and an accident takes place, uh, and one of the men didn't premeditate it. It just happened. Maybe uh, something fell off the wagon or maybe the man fell off the wagon or or in, incidentally uh, pushed him where he fell, hit his head upon a rock and he died. Uh, that is was not premeditated murder. Well, the Avengers of Blood are going to pay uh, life for life. Amen. That was Jewish law in the Old Testament. And so what is this man to do? How is he going to defend himself against the entire family that this man was part of? Well, God provided a way for him to escape. God always provides a way for us to escape testing and trial. And it was a city of refuge. And he ran to the city of refuge and he made it there before the Avengers of blood caught up with him. He was safe. Amen. They couldn't touch him as long as he was in the city of refuge. See, this is what Paul's talking about. He's talking about how Christ is our city of refuge. And Solomon, um, the writer of Proverbs, uh, alluded to this. The name of the Lord is, a, is as a strong tower and the righteous run into it and they are safe. We are safe. Our life is hid with Christ and God. He is our city of refuge. And even though the avenger of blood, Satan himself, wants to come upon us to eat up our flesh, he'll stumble and fall. Why? Because Jesus is standing in the way. Ha <laughs> ha. Amen. We have fled for refuge, praise God. And while we're in this city, amen, we're going to be taken care of. God's going to watch over us. The Lord Jesus Christ is going to be personally present to see 
Amen. Through the power of the Holy Spirit that our every need is supplied. So he is our city of refuge. Now, verse 19, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, sure and steadfast, and which enters into that within the veil. When we say within the veil, we're talking about the abiding presence of God that is in us. Amen. Remember when Jesus would, uh, was sacrificed, was crucified, the temple, the veil of the temple was rent, was rent from top to bottom. Amen. Now man can come into the presence of God. Well, we see, we are indwelling in the presence of God through the new birth. Amen. But notice that uh, Jesus now is our anchor of the soul. In other words, he's the one that holds us. He's the one that grounds us, that keeps uh, the boat that we're in this life, speaking of, amen, for wandering off somewhere aimlessly. No, he's the anchor of our soul. He holds us through his power, amen, and keeps us, amen, secure in his presence, praise God, through the precious blood that he shed on Calvary. Amen. Hallelujah. And he will be faithful to do that even after we weigh anchor in this life and go on and leave this world, praise God. So Christ is our anchor. He's our anchor in this life and he's our anchor in the life to come. Praise God. Now, verse 20, whether the forerunner is Christ for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So, Jesus Christ is our city of refuge. He is our anchor, but he is also our forerunner. He's the one who has gone before us. He's the one that went to the cross. He's the one that was made sin for us who knew no sin so that we might be made the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. He's the one that was buried in Joseph's tomb. He's the one that said, after three days, I'll rise again. And on the third day, he rose again. Praise God. He was put to death in the flesh, but he was justified or vindicated in the spirit. God looked upon the sacrifice of Jesus, consider it holy, consider it worthy. He paid the price for our sin, for your sin and my sin. And God vindicated that righteous act that Jesus did on the cross by raising him from the dead. Praise God. Hallelujah. And because Jesus was raised from the dead, you and I now are raised from the dead. Praise God. We're talking about spiritual death. We have been translated out of the power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Praise God. And because of that, he, knowing the father's care, has provided profiting and prosperity for every area of our life. Amen. Now, we may profit in the flesh, but if we're not profiting in the spirit, it means nothing. If we're profiting in the flesh, but our mind is a mess, our mind is just caught up with the thinking of the world. Amen. Our profiting means nothing. Jesus talked about the four types of soils in his parable of the sower. And out of the four different soils, only one profited. That's why is that? Because that one soil that profited took the word of God in a sincere and in a good and sincere heart. Remember, we talked about godliness and holiness and a good and sincere heart. 
amen, took the seed and it bore fruit. 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. Well, 30-fold 30 30 harvest is profit. 60-fold harvest is more of a profit. How about a 100-fold harvest? That's the best of all. That's the highest of all. But yet Jesus says we can have that. How would you like to have a 100-fold profit in your spirit and in your soul? Jesus said this. I mean, Paul said this. He says, we have the mind of Christ. Well, to have the mind of Christ is to have all the mind of Christ, not just part of it, all of it. Amen. Hallelujah. And God will teach our hands how to profit. Praise God. So Jesus is our city of refuge. He is also our anchor. Amen. Hallelujah. And he is our forerunner. He was tempted and tried in all points like as we are, but yet without sin. That's why we're able to come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Why? Because God supplies all of our needs. Hallelujah. So Christ will always confirm our faith until the very end. So we can't lose faith. Faith has to be a vital part of our daily life. And so that all that the Father has for us will come to us through Christ. But we have to trust him in order for that to come to pass. He loves us and cares for us. He cares for us affectionately and cares for us watchfully. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Now, Peter said this in writing his first epistle. He says this beginning in chapter five and verse six. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Well, to exalt something or somebody means for them to profit. God wants you to profit. Amen. Well, how does profiting begin? Well, first of all, we have to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. In other words, submit to his plan, his purpose, his will for our life. Amen. Praise God. And don't go off thinking that we can fix it ourselves. We can't. Amen. Humble ourselves. Lord will show us what to do and how to do it. He has a plan for each and every one of us. He has a purpose for us all. And then verse seven says, casting all of your care upon him, for he cares for you. I'm telling you, the father cares today. He cares for every jot and tittle of your life. He cares for every hair of your head that he's counted. He cares for everything from the time you rise up to the time you go to bed at night. He cares for all of it. Why? Amen. Because he loves you. The father cares and he watches over his family. Praise God. Well, Peter says this now. He says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. But Peter said this, whom resist steadfast in the faith. Amen. The devil will teach your hands to poverty. Amen. God wants to teach your hands to profit. The devil wants to take something away from you. Oh, he will bless you financially in the flesh, in the natural if it means that you will not profit spiritually or in your mind. Amen. You lay these things aside. Well, you're not going to profit in life. So we resist the devil. 
and all of his devices, all of his plot schemes and devices, we resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But notice verse 10, but the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after we have suffered a while, I'm not talking about a life without suffering. There is always going to be suffering in this life, praise God. But God gives us an answer for that suffering. And after you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish you, strengthen you, settle you. And to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. So the Father cares and he watches over us. Hallelujah. So let's trust in him. Let's trust his care. Let's trust him and he'll show us how to profit in this life, in every area of our life. Amen. Father, thank you today for your goodness, your mercy and grace. Thank you, Father, that you're the one that teaches our hands to profit. We look to you today, Father, hallelujah, to show us in what ways we are to profit. And we seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. And we know that all these things will be added unto us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.